Pulling the boat into Canada to fish can sometimes be a little bit intimidating. Crossing the border always makes my palms a little bit sweaty. Those Canadian agents, their questions, the stern looks, the mild interrogations. Yikes. But when I cross back into the United States, I am often greeted by friendly faces. It feels good to come home. Today, the story of one of those workers, a guy who protects our border and a guy who sort of became a friend. Dave Amundsen took post in International Falls for the work and also for his time off the clock. Dave's Fishtail Today. I'm Bill Shirk. I fish, I hunt, I camp, and I tell stories. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. Dave, I haven't seen your smiling face for a few months. What the heck have you been up to? Oh, we got a... Trying to think the last time I saw you, he was coming back, met you at Subway, but, um, <laughs> well, life, life is life. I have, uh, two children, um, and we, we help them with their adventures and get them to where they want to be and sometimes move them back to someplace else and that kind of stuff. Um, what are their ages? Oh, I got a, a daughter is 28 and a son is 24. So you're chasing them all over. Not anymore. They're 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 settling down, but um they're both both uh you know, dreaming like 20-year-olds do. Well, it's good to catch up. Talk about your work life. What's an average day like for you? You have a very intriguing job. Um that's a tough question. I I wear a lot of hats at International Falls. Um I'm still just a worker bee really. Um we have a couple different stations uh here at International Falls. We're responsible for the commercial traffic and um general population traffic at the bridge. Uh we have a rail facility just east of town. Uh, we take care of private aircraft, a little bit of commercial aircraft. Uh, we have a program called Trusted Travelers uh, that does global entry interviews, Nexus interviews, which I'm a part of. Um, my, my typical day is untypical, if I, ha- if I had to give you an answer, because never two days are the same, which is awesome. Uh, and working up here, I get a chance to do multiple things every week, every day, maybe. So, um, right now I work a schedule, um, that has me working straight days, uh, not Monday through Friday, but straight days, uh, with some different days off, uh, kind of like a rotating schedule. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm, 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 I'm getting to the end of it per se, but, um, I have an opportunity to work the shift. I want to work and take days off. I want to take off. And, and how many years have you been at that post or station? I I celebrated 20 years in October last, last October. Um, so I'm in my 20 month, 21st and, uh, I will probably end up with about 25 years when all's said and done. So when you're not working and this is kind (laughs) of how we connected, I can remember meeting you and you said something effective, Hey, do you fish as much as I do? (laughs) Um, yeah. Do you want to tell that story? You tell Middle, it. Mi- oh, I remember vividly. Uh, summer traffic. Um, I volunteered to go out and help fill lanes and move our traffic a little bit quicker. And this car pulls up at the end of the bridge and rolls down its window. And I was like, that's Bill Shirk. You know, 
Still got to be professional. Uh, <laughs> tell the tell 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 the tell the contents of the vehicle to have their passports ready uh, when it's their turn to move up. But cars don't move very. Sometimes they don't move very fast, and you get a chance to chit chat a little bit. And I think I told you I was a fan. Um, followed the show. Um, this, that, and whatever. And that 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 was the that was the first meeting. Um, and then it seemed like every few months. <laughs> it seems like every time I go through. There you are. Well, you were gassing up at a gas station. We gassed up at we gassed our boats up at the same gas station one day, and then uh, can I can I tell a bull shark story? Of course. So, so I'm I'm working uh, at the bridge, and traffic was fairly busy, moving traffic. Uh, I look ahead and I see this truck and boat pulling into my lane and I'm like, well, that looks like Bill Shirk's boat. Sure enough, you pulled into my lane. We both kind of smiled at each other and you looked at me and said, don't say a word. And I'm uh, like, what? Yes. That story. And, <laughs> and uh, you said, you, you, you can't see my boat from me. Uh, no, I got out and I went and looked at the bow of your boat and, like a lot of people do, you you fell prey to one of those rocks that's not marked on our our uh, map system on our boats. And oh, it's marked. Yeah. It's marked. <laughs> it's just not marked accurately. <laughs> yeah, uh, you 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 knew you were going to get chirped because we talked to each other before, and you 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 were hoping you were going to get somebody that didn't know you, and instead you had to pull into my lane yeah that was the year um that was before covid it was before covid and oh we went out musky fishing after dinner had a couple of people along who wanted to try and catch a musky and so i was taking them to one of my spots and on lake of the woods there's they have these navigational routes East, West, North, South, safe havens, so to speak. So I was in the East, West going about, I don't know, 28 miles an hour. And uh, you have to go out around something called Oak Point, which has a buoy on it. So I went around the point and I'm watching the electronics and it showed a hump over to my left off of the safe route. And even the humps showed a rock and it said, yep, the rock's on the far east side so i'm a good 400 feet hold on rock kaboosh oh yeah it happened it happened that fast we've all done it well i was hoping i would never be a we yeah i mean you spend your whole life you spend your entire life having these nightmares and wanting to stay away and then boom it happened motor was fine now told a 20 foot lund boat but the motor was just perfect. <laughs> Did Absolutely you take on water? Well, so so we hit the rock. We kind of didn't go very far. You know, the first thing, you're in shock. So you're looking around thinking, oh, my gosh, is everyone okay? You know, we had life vests on, which was great. And uh, I had Jason McCarthy of McCarthy Auto World fame in the boat with his son. And I'll never forget this. His son was sitting in the back of the boat. It's whatever, seven at night, seven thirty in the evening, and he had a like a power drink, um, and it was bright orange, and there was just orange sprayed all over the back of the boat. And this kid was <laughs> like, "Oh, Mister Shirk, I am so. Oh, I cannot believe I am so. I'm going to clean it all." up. <laughs> the poor kid i looked at him and said we got bigger fish to fry you're just fine lisa the uh, and we sat there for five minutes kind of getting our wits about us i bent the steering wheel back into place um because i had kind of lurched lurch forward hit the steering wheel um hit the pump no water turned on the motor fired up just fine took a look at it it was 
no harm, no foul. So you're kind of thinking for a moment like, oh my gosh, did I just get away with one? And then we started to move forward and the boat was pulling a little bit. And every once in a while, there was a little water kind of splashing over the front. Um, but it really took on zero water, which is absolutely amazing. And for three days, we actually continued to run the boat. And during oh, the day, did you? yeah, during the day, you know, did, you'd be, I didn't know that around. part of the story. I thought, yeah. I thought you did it like, like right before you came home or something. No, I did it right when we got there. I think it was the first night there. Obviously uh-huh. we went up and musky fished and didn't catch a thing. Didn't see a thing. My head wasn't in it. But during the day, I would drive around and kind of pop wheelies, you know, trim the motor up, and people would ride alongside us, and they couldn't see anything, but you knew something was wrong. Uh, and at the end of the trip, and and by the way, the last evening, we did go out again, and uh, the McCarthys got their muskie, which was sour but awesome. Uh, but back at Wiley, or excuse me, at Totem Lodges, when we pulled the bolt out, I actually took a video and had the dock guys do the work. And there were people lined up on both sides of the boat launch. And when that boat came out, I still have the video. All you could hear is a bunch of old men swearing and cursing the gods. And here just down far enough, there was about a four foot dent slash hole in the front of the boat, right down the middle of the keel. So. That was the end of that boat. Absolutely awful. Yeah. And then the first guy I have to see is you. <laughs> no. Live and learn, but uh, I've been back to visit that rock several times, and sometimes the water's high, sometimes the water's low. It's not a rock. It's a rock field. I mean, that thing is oh, yeah. 60 feet across. So. Yikes. Great. Glad we could share a Bill Shirk story. Thanks for that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, but, but the moral of the story is over time, you and I kind of became buddies. I look forward to being up in Eye Falls and running into you, but you have this thing. You, when you're not working, you love to fish. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm 56 now. and. I don't think I appreciated it as much when I was in my 20s and my 30s as I do now. Um, In fact, I was thinking about this today. Uh, I used to have guys up when I was in high school and up to our, we have a cabin on the Canadian side of Rainy Lake. And it was something that my parents put together in the late 60s. And I'm fortunate to uh, be the major caretaker on it now. But when I was in high school, I used to have got buddies up and there, one of my buddies is, uh, was a, was a farm kid and doesn't get a whole lot of chance to fish, you know, just because farmers are so busy. And in the springtime, if they get their, the crops in, then he's got time to come up and, uh, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be sleeping in my bunk. I'd get up wonder where my dad and my buddy are and they're out fishing and I'm, I'm like getting up late. But now my, my favorite thing is to get up before anybody's up in the cabin and either just go, just go out and in front of the cabin and see what's swimming around. Um, taking a sun sunrise, not just the sunsets up there, but sunrises. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a remarkable place and remarkable part mar- remarkable part of the world and um I'm I'm deeply fortunate to not only be here now but growing up and and having the chances to do do stuff. I've I've told my son this before. When I was growing up, really the only thing I remember in the summertime is hockey camps and being up at the cabin fishing. Yeah, let's talk about that. I wanted to go back in time with you. You grew up not far away from I Falls. Yeah, I'm about uh, 30 minutes west on Highway 11 towards Bidette. I was actually born in Bidette. Uh, 
My dad moved up here in the late 50s and took a teaching job and in this community called Indus. Um, some maps, it's not on there. If you're, if you're listening and you're, you want a geography lesson, you look up uh, Google Maps or whatever, and you, if you can find Emo, Ontario, west of International Falls and Fort Francis, Indus is right across the river. Uh, the mighty rainy river that divides us. Uh, and that's where I grew up, right on the right on the river. We'd fish before the ice is off the lakes. We'd we'd fish the river and for spring walleyes and uh, a lot of opportunities out there for uh, hunting. Out of Sharp a boat pit. or from shore? Uh, a lot of times uh, long, long spinning rods. Uh, we had a local legend by the name of Dean Wheelock, who lived in Loman, tied his own, tied his own bucktail jigs. Hmm. And uh, he showed my dad the ways of an eight-foot spinning rod and a uh, quarter ounce, maybe three-eighths ounce uh, bucktail jigs. And, uh, yeah, we'd right down the, down on the river. Some guys would wade out. Some guys had waders. We didn't have waders. We might have, like, knee-high rubber boots. Uh, we throw throw jigs in the river in the springtime and catch those uh, river walleyes before, before it really got um, famous in the late, late nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. That's when it really caught on. So you fished, you hunted, you go off to school. Eventually. Do, do you know you want to be, Working for the government at that point, or are you still nope. trying to figure out who you're going to be? Nope, nope. I uh, got out of high school and uh, worked a few hockey opportunities. Uh, I played hockey. I played high school hockey and a couple years of junior college for Bedette. Um, no, for Indus. Indus. Indus had a hockey program, um, although the classes were small. My my class was really small. Um, how many? <laughs> Mine? Nine. Yours. Nine. Wow. Yeah. Five guys, four <laughs> girls. Um, the classes ahead of me and below me were were relatively bigger with, you know what I mean, 25 to 30. Um, but we we actually, my, my, uh, my fondest years of playing high school hockey was probably my junior year. Uh, so, 84, 85. And... Uh, yeah, we had a really we had a pretty good hockey team. It was a lot of fun, and uh, played some played some uh, played uh, junior college up here. Had hockey, played the couple years there, and then I tried to transfer to Bemidji State, and found out real fast that uh, I wasn't that fast. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't wasn't as good as I thought I was. Uh, had a humbling end. Uh, coach Peters was very, was very nice to me and, uh, could have gave me a spot doing anything I wanted to with the program except playing. So, uh, but I, uh, ended up graduating, um, I'm actually a teacher by education. I wanted to be a coach and a, and a teacher and, uh, got married. Uh, I was actually, uh, Got a couple of good friends down in the cities, Fridley, Coon Rapids area. Uh, and we went down there with the hopes and dreams of getting into a, a school program. And uh, my wife was lucky enough to get a teaching job. I did some subbing, a couple other things uh, over the years. Uh, the coaching, teaching didn't pan out. I ended up... Uh, um, I'm not sure if I can name drop big box orange stores, but I ended up working <laughs> for Home Depot for a number of years and actually moved back to Bemidji with Home Depot and opened the store up there. And I was getting, I was getting tired of working retail. Um, uh, we'll just say the philosophies change in the retail environment. And, uh, a friend of mine, really good friend of the family, actually probably my, my dad's best friend, uh, 
um, had worked seasonally, uh, used to teach with my dad and, uh, worked seasonally and ended up, uh, going full time. And I don't, I don't know if he called me or emailed me. I'm that old. 20 years ago it was like the beginning of the internet. Um, but he just told me, he said, Hey, uh, customs and immigration are both hiring. Um, he said, your dad told me you're getting a little frustrated with retail. And he told me how to apply. So I did. Uh, the process takes about a year. Uh, so I applied in the fall of '02, and um, I got a call late September of '03, and I had actually uh, I didn't put International Falls down as my top choice. I think I put Warroad and Bedette because I, I I'd been around the falls and you know I wanted I wanted. You know, if I was going to make that kind of move, I was going to do something a little different. And, uh, well, when they called, they only gave me a choice between Grand Portage and International Falls. And I knew how important it was to get my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. So uh, I ended up taking the job in International Falls, and, and it's it's worked out to, uh, it's, it, you got me looking back, and it, it, it it's, it's been nothing but I can't, I can't, I, obviously there, it wasn't all good times, but it's been a lot of good compared to uh, bad times. So. And you stayed close to home. Yeah. Close to, to my home. Uh, my, my, uh, my parents were still out at Indus, even retired. Um, my mom is in town now. Uh, my dad passed away a few years ago. And, uh, she's in town now. So I get to, I get to see her on a regular basis. Probably is not as much as she wants me to stop by, but, um, if I need to, I can, I can swing in before or after work and do what she needs me to do and give her a little company around so long. All right. Well, we need to take a break and thank a few sponsors, but when we come back, I want to talk about a little more about life on the job and then get into your passion for smallmouth bass. We're going to decide today if you're a better bass angler than I am. Um, okay. We can debate <laughs> it. <laughs> this spring we'll have it out on the water. <laughs> okay. Challenge accepted. I uh, love it. Dave Amundsen is my guest today. Uh, a friend and the guy who protects the U.S. borders. I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods, and you are listening to the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. And we have so many great sponsors who help us get to you every week. Up first, I want to thank our friends at Connecticut Water. Connecticut, you know, it's been that sort of winter. No snow, very little cold where we are, and not a lot of time on the ice or the ski slopes. Heck, I've been too busy coaching youth hockey. And a funny thing, but the Shirk Boys still never leave home without filling their water bottles. It's the Kinetico water. They tell me so. We have Kinetico whole home water systems both at home and also at the cabin. We also install Kinetico's K5 drinking water system. And let me tell you, it makes a big difference. It is crazy to think that a water system could be a big deal, but it is. The Kinetico installations were quick and easy, and all of a sudden, no more stinky, foul well water. We have Kinetico soft water and also Kinetico's K5 drinking water. No more bottled water, just great drinking water right out of the K5 tap. Our laundry no longer smells funny, and Connecticut water cleaned up the showers and the dishes. The world's most efficient worry-free water system. Visit Connecticut.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. Also, we want to give a shout out to Lakes Gas. Hey there, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Propane, it's clean, efficient fuel produced right here in the United States. 
Schedule your propane service with a friend. Lakes Gas, a family-owned provider serving the upper Midwest for more than 60 years. 54 convenient locations in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Now with offices in North Dakota and South Dakota, too. Lakes Gas employees live in the communities they serve, so you can expect personalized service from professionals. Oh, and the Lakes Gas offers competitive pricing without all the extras that tend to drive up fuel prices. Safe, dependable service. Lakes Gas, the right choice for your home, business, or farm. Visit lakesgas.com and join the family. If you haven't experienced all that the Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club has to offer, you're missing out. Located in Prior Lake, Minnesota, with pheasant hunting and dog training 30 minutes from the Minneapolis Metro. The Horse and Hunt Club has full memberships available now and so much to offer. Besides upland bird hunting year-round, they're open seven days a week. Trigger's Bar and Grill has awesome food and great drink specials. Sunday brunch is always a favorite. Plus, live music and events are going on all the time. Bring your friends and try one of the heated sporting clay stands this winter. Go to horseandhunt.com for more information. Dave Amundsen is my guest today, and he works as a border agent up in International Falls. You know, we run into each other a couple of times a year, it seems, and I'm intrigued by your job. You know, National Geographic now has all kinds of shows where people are protecting the border down in Texas and, you know, along the Mexican border. But what's the Canadian border like? Is is it busy? Is it quiet? What's it like up there? Well, we have. We have different aspects of uh, probably most of our our traffic on the bridge is seasonal. Um, it, we're we're if people don't know, International Falls is at the end of fifty three, um, which connects to thirty five, um, either via Duluth or Cloquet on thirty three. So we get a lot of traffic that comes up and makes their way into Canada. I'm we're right within a couple hours north of here are probably arguably some of the as you know probably some of the best freshwater fishing in North America. Without a doubt. Yeah. With with absolute doubt. Any species um there are some dedicated lakes that are better than others, but I hear people catching everything everywhere. Um, and so our summers are at the bridge are obviously a lot busier. Airports a little bit busier. Um, the rail facility, uh, even through COVID was still pretty busy. Um, if people don't know, uh, our rail facility is probably always within the top, like the top five in the nation as far as trains and cargo cars and and such. The train the trains come all the way from Vancouver um, or outside of Vancouver. They make their way across Canada. They make final trains in Winnipeg, and then they make their way to us, and then they disperse through the Midwest. A lot of it goes to Chicago. You know, it's interesting you say that because when we're in War Road, they talk about the rail line because the Lake of the Woods, they had to figure out a place to go. So they swung it down along the south side and it drops down in the United States. And there's a train in War Road like every 18 minutes or something. Um, Yeah, uh, it depends. It's kind of a unique situation. Uh CN Rail is is a lot. Well, they come down instead of going way across the top of Lake of the Woods, they come down that route. They actually, and technically, are in the United States. They cross mm -hmm. back into Ontario at Bedette, Rainy River, and then officially come into the United States at International Falls. So um, it's just a long-standing agreement that that's the way it's going to be done and logistically it's the way it should be but um yeah we 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 stay 
pretty busy out there. I think uh, without giving you a whole lot of details. Um, yeah, it's a busy place. Um, uh, I have never, I have never been stuck in the traffic jam. It seems like whenever we pull up, it's about a ten or fifteen wait minute wait going either direction. But there are times when we come back into the United States from Canada, yeah, and there are vehicles with boats lined up all the way down into town and oh going you know, into canada off to the west they're lined up as far as the eye can see and i always think oh my gosh i've never seen traffic like that oh yeah um yeah even when i was a kid i can remember waiting in lines to go up to the cabin um we never had a big enough boat you can go by you can go buy water to get to my place um from town and uh it's kind of funny it actually takes about the same amount of time uh if door to door if i hook my boat up and launch and go up by boat and by the time i do all the loading and unloading and by the time i get to the cabin it's it's about the same time as if i just hook up go through canadian customs drive up there launch at the resort and then go a couple miles over to the cabin but um yeah the lines have always been that way um the way they have things set up both on the canadian side and the u.s side it really doesn't allow for um traffic to move too fast we only each 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 uh canadian border services they only have four lanes we only have three um we try to do our best we, we we understand that um people are just trying to get home um you always have those issues with in the summertime um vehicles sitting idling might overheat uh and then things can really get clogged up if we have a dead car or something on the bridge um <laughs> Because it's well, a, a single lane. There's no room to move well, it, over. Yeah, right Right now we only have one lane going in and one lane going out on the bridge itself. And then they kind of filter in, you know, they hit the end of the bridge and they go into one of two um, lanes, three maybe, uh, during the summertime. We, we have a commercial lane and then two uh, general lanes. Uh, and we'll run general traffic through the commercial lane. Yeah, you know, if it's that busy, um, and we need to do our job, but we also need to facilitate legitimate travel too. So, um, it's it's a fine it's a fine art, <laughs> a fine fine balance to to do what we need to do um, as far as uh, protecting the U.S. Um, from whatever so what you, people what. When I see you guys, why do you seem so friendly compared to the folks working on the Canadian side? You know, I don't know. Truth be told, truth be told, I was born in Canada, so when I go north, I kind of feel like, oh, somebody's going to be excited to see me, and it's always the opposite. But you guys and gals are always in such a good mood. What's the difference? Well, that that's that's good to hear. Um, it's hard for me to answer that because I, especially during the summer, I cross quite a bit and I know some of those, those officers over there. So it's a different, it's, it's just completely different, um, uh, relationship. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. For me, for sure. I, but I, I hear what you're getting at. I hear it from different people. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know why it is. Um. And I'm not knocking anyone. That is not what I am no. doing. But they are just very stern. Yeah. Um, and you know, you from having me, you you know that I welcome you with a welcome. You know, like good afternoon or whatever that. Um, and then your next line is, "What are you trying to sneak into the United <laughs> no, States?" No, come on, come on. Actually, I usually want your fishing spots. Um, <laughs> Just watch out for I, the rocks. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I, I we have. I know we have a different work. Uh, I won't say environment, but they're 
it seems like the Canadian government side of it is more about uh, revenue generation, where ours is more law enforcement, and you know we're not we're not we're not out there trying to collect fees. Yep. I mean, we do, we do, but that's not you know that's not what we're trying to get at. We want to make sure that you're not bringing stuff in that you're not supposed to bring in. Uh, the wrong people aren't coming in. Um, and that's, that's more of our focus. Um, no, but I've heard it. I've heard it from you and I've talked about a little about this before, um, just in passing, but, um, we used to have a, we used to have a bunch of, um, I'll, I'll say pros or TV people. Um, come up there and uh, they just didn't like the, I don't know if the, they just didn't like the line of questioning or the way the questions were addressed. Um, but they quit, they quit going through. Um, and it was specifically Fort Francis. Um, and I, I, I don't, and I don't know why, it, why it's that way. I, I, I mean, for your well, listeners, rumor- I'm a I'm a bigger guy. I'm I'm like six two, um, and a, a fibbing like two eighty five, two ninety, um, heavier than that probably. Um, if if I'm out on the line, I've been I've been told that just my presence is a little intimidating. But when they when the, someone pulls up and they're greeted with a smile and a you know, a, a greeting, a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, or or whatever. Um, it's way better. I I've, I've always felt that it's a better way to get off on a on a proper direction or the right foot or wh- whatever you want to say it is. Well, the rumor um, we always heard, you know, I've got buddies <laughs> at the Wild. Uh, Bob Mason was one of the goalie coaches with the wild was it his, his brother, brother was my maybe? his brother was my college coach and and the rumor always was that he was in charge of the post on the canadian side have you ever heard that what now that there was a mason that was in charge of the post on the canadian side and they were simply trying to train many of the Canadian agents that that was why they would go to Fort Francis is to learn the business. So they were always a little more stout on that side because they were training people could completely be rumor, but that's the story I always get. That that could have been, um, um, that's way before my time. Um, I actually, well, anyhow, Bob's, I, I work with Bob's younger brother, actually. I'll have to ask him well, about that. But well, See, there you go. The, all right, so let's forget about the border for a second and talk fishing. <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a soft spot for smallmouth bass. Where does that come from? I do now. Um, by catching them when I was younger. Because <laughs> well, they're just meaty and larger than life, and they just... They fight in Some, such a way you can't forget about them. It, it, no, they're a different beast. They're absolutely different beast. Pound, pound for pound for pound, one one of the most exciting fish you can catch. Now, crappies make me giggle like a little boy, but um, catching three and a half, four pound smallies, <laughs> uh, you can't beat it. You just can't beat it. Um, yeah, it's just we we would get up. We'd get up in the morning. My dad, my dad would always want to go walleye fishing, and we'd go out and we'd fish walleyes in the morning, which is usually on rainy is probably the better time to do it. But then, if we didn't have a a job or something to work on, I I as soon as I was old enough to drive the boat, I'd be out casting maps, beetle spins, uh, you name it, crazy crawlers, jitterbugs. Um, and they would work. 
Yeah, I don't have any proof of it because you know, I'm so old. There was no digital cameras or selfie sticks or anything like that. But um, yeah, we used to we used to just have a ball, just a ball, and and, and sitting on you go down in the evening and sit on the dock and you could see him in the bay, just just pounding the flies on the water and stuff like that, and and uh, you couldn't wait to the next day to go out and see where they were where they were and what they're doing and, and you know and the, sometimes it's the bigger ones you caught when you were walleye fishing too which was really weird to me we always thought you know that we'd pound the shoreline and pound the shoreline and pound the shoreline and and then uh go hit our walleye spots and then you know you're fishing 20 25 30 feet of water and pull up a four pound smallie it's like what is what is that smallie doing on here and now in recent history uh recently we were finding out that uh, i i have learned that you know the bat the smallmouth bass that we find they they don't you don't find uh one pound bass swimming with four pound bass they're four pounders beating up on forage out in the out in the lake or wherever wherever they are but um a lot of times they're they're offshore um being the my, i don't know if they're the alpha predator during the summer just because we got northerns and musky and rainy but they mm-hmm. they 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 sure <laughs> they sure uh they sure like to put a hurt on bait fish all right we have to take another break but i'm going to ask you for some of your fishing secrets when we come back and i also want to know what you're and (laughs) and i also want to know give give me the heads up on how to skirt the questions thank you well you'll be fine i also want to talk about red gut and why red gut deal sure i smell a rat dave amundsen is my guest today we are talking fishing and life up in international falls i am bill shirk the man about the woods And you are listening to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. Up first, we want to give a shout out to our good friends at Star Bank. Hi, everybody. Ron Shera here again with another nifty story. This one about my favorite bank, the story of Star Bank. There's 10 of them in Minnesota, but here's where the plot thickens. A Star Bank is more than money. A Star Bank cares, cares about its customers, cares about the community, whether it's town parades or the kids' baseball team. Why? Because Star Banks are locally owned. They treat you right. Quite a tale, wouldn't you say? How do I know? Because Star Bank is also our bank at Ronshare Productions. Just another story with a happy ending. Star Bank, the bank that cares. Member FDIC. To learn more online, go to star.bank. We'd also like to thank the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. There's nothing quite like Minnesota winter. Whether you want to try ice fishing, ice skating, or ice boating, make sure you know the risks and how to play it safe on the ice. Measure ice thickness frequently and never go out alone. Always wear your life jacket or a float coat and have ice picks readily accessible in case you fall through. Playing on the ice can be fun, but it's never 100% safe. Learn how you can play safe before you go out. Safety is always in season. A message from the Minnesota DNR. So Dave Amundsen works the International Falls Border Station as an agent. And when you're not working, uh, you are fishing. And I find it a little ironic that you go to Canada, eh? In a place called Red Gut. <laughs> Why Red Gut? You want the short story or the long story? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. My dad moved up here uh, late 50s from southern Wisconsin, uh, Racine area, just south of Milwaukee. Um, He had heard about all the good fishing and hunting. Uh, Took a job as a teacher. uh, Fell in love with the area and the community. And they embraced him and one of his friends. was a, a logger and fisherman and they used to go on adventures and 
they found this area. And with his connections as a logger, he found out about some plots that were open in the late 60s on the Canadian side of Rainy Lake. And at that time, it was like the Oklahoma land rush. Uh, you went up there, you found your spot, uh, went back to town and told them what spot you wanted. Uh, hmm. The lore, um, my mother tells me, is they never paid for the property. What they paid for was the survey and the lawyer's fees to write up the paperwork. So um, it was it was it was a big big deal back then on uh, teacher's salary in northern Minnesota. Um, I think they said it was something like twenty two hundred dollars, something like that. For <laughs> I'd pay for that over, paperwork. Yeah, just for just for like two acres. Maybe a little over two acres that we have up wow. there. Wow. And uh um it's kind of kind of a unique spot that the his logging friend uh and and two other families took three spots on a beach just east of us, and then there, there were these other these other two spots um with a beach in between them, and it was the actually the principal of the school where my dad taught and they went up there and the principal asked my dad, do you want the one on the beach or you want the place on the point? And my dad said, well, take the place on the point. And yeah, it's, 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 it's my magic spot. Uh, everybody knows it. <clears throat> um, my good college friend that I've known longer than my wife, uh, before we were roommates, we threw our, threw our school gear in the dorm room. And we hopped in a car and I took him fishing for a weekend before we started classes. And he's been coming every, ever since. Uh, he's a, he's a phenomenal stick himself. Uh, we fish some tournaments together. Uh, walleye tournament on Vermilion. Uh, we fished the bass tournament up here uh, for a handful of years. And uh, when I met my wife, uh, the day she the day she met my folks was on the dock at the cabin. I I, hmm. I, I was like, I I don't play fair. I take people <laughs> I I take people that that mean the most to me to my most favorite place. And if 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 they love it, I got them. If they don't, then I know I don't need I don't need to waste my time. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's my magic place. It's my, it's. By far, and I love to travel. My wife and I love to travel. We like to like to go other places. Um, but yeah, right now to this day, it's still my, it's my spot. So, um, and it's all because of my parents. It, it, it was their, it was their uh, hard work uh, and and dream, and I was lucky enough to be born into a a family that liked to be on the water and fish and relax. And, and, um, I, the, you asked why Canada, um, what a lot of people don't understand is, uh, and I, I never, I never, th I never thought about it as being a different country. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's where you um, are. I mean, we go through the formalities of crossing and paying toll and uh, watching what kind of food restrictions are are on all the time, you know, and potatoes and whatever. Now it's poultry, and um, now we now we can't take any bait to Canada, which blows mm -hmm. my mind. Um, I used to I used to pick night crawlers when I was a kid and. I'm a big nightcrawler fisherman for, especially for walleyes, but, um, yeah, I, I, that's why, that's why red gut, um, red guts, uh, we could, there's like an upper gut, lower gut, but, uh, our part is on the upper gut. Uh, again, if people are looking at a map, upper part, upper Northeast part of rainy Lake, um, about halfway in between. Porter's Inlet and 
Spawn or uh, Perry Strait, excuse me, uh, is my neck of the woods up there. I do think that is great perspective to say, hey, Canada in some ways doesn't even feel like another country, especially especially for you because you live right there and have some flexibility to go back and forth. But going to Ontario is just kind of part of who we are. And it's, it is when you talk about it being some of the best freshwater fishing on the planet, it just, oh, we're, we're spoiled, man. We're absolutely spoiled. You, you, you talk to, um, well, because of my involvement in, uh, bass fishing for a while, uh, fishing some of the tournaments and derbies, uh, up here. Uh, I've met some phenomenal people, uh, anglers, and they go south. And there's like we are so spoiled. They 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 fish all weekend to fish what you know catch what we catch in an afternoon. And yeah, um, you know, and I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and, and blow smoke, but. Uh, I might get a little pushback actually doing this from some people that, Hey, 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 don't, don't tell everybody what we got up here. Keep it a secret. Um, still got to find them. Yeah. But people, people know, um, just in the last few years though, I think it's been harder. Um, COVID shut the border down for a couple of years. So people found different places to go. Well, we've seen that change the landscape a little bit um uh gas prices will change uh numbers a bit on the border as far as uh, tourism mm. um yeah um uh, getting a little off track here but yeah it's what and it wasn't until i moved back i didn't grow up with uh like atvs and snowmobiles and it wasn't until I moved back and had had the job and got a little uh get something under my feet a little bit. Um I bought a used snowmobile and a coworker took me up north in the wintertime on on some of the lake trout lakes. And boy did that open another window. That was yep. that was phenomenal. We go in on a road and go in on a trail and portage into a lake and cross the lake and hit another portage and go into another lake and you stop, you shut off the engine. You don't hear anything, anything. It's just so peaceful. And, and then you chase a species that isn't in rainy lake, lake trout. Um, yeah, it's just, added more whipped cream on top of the Sunday for me. So where are you catching lake trout? See, there you go. You, you, well, want, you, you want the waypoints? Nobody, what you, nobody oh. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I can be a little bit greedy, but nobody yeah. talks about catching lake trout as part of rainy. Well, no, 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 we don't have lake trout on rainy. No, there's not lake trout, but there's a lot of lakes around rainy lake. That, uh, All right, that makes better sense. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't explain that correctly, but yeah, there's there's a lot of lakes, uh, just an hour from my house, uh, that have good lake trout fishing. Use snowmobile in, and then you're on them. Yeah, Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Last uh, last year was probably the best running as far as the snowmobiling goes. That we've had this year's terrible, but last year was really good. Um, there was an old logging road um, that they didn't plow; they weren't logging on it. So we were just run, we were just running down this logging road, and it gave us access to four lakes that all had lake trout on them. And the 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 lakes froze flat, and there was probably you know six to eight inches of snow, and uh, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. It was actually phenomenal last year. 
Well, we need to get out and fish one of these days. I'm kind of hoping that you will make a point to invite me. Wait a second. You've been invited multiple times to go fishing. Hmm. I say, I tease you with picture. I tease you with pictures of lake trout and crappies and smallies, maybe even a muskie or two. Hmm. You know, you're not, you're not getting my emails, and my text messages. <laughs> uh, you're something you, else. All right, all right, all right. Let's make it. Let's make it a public affair here. You are invited to come fishing anytime, Mister Shirt. We are going to come up and see you this summer. Sounds good. I am intrigued by your job. I appreciate what you guys have done looking after all of us, uh, you and your cohorts. Uh, when we come back in and making us feel at home and keeping us safe in the process. But like I said, your job is not like many others. And uh, so every time we all pull up, we just think, holy cow, what's life um, like? And now we know, you know, the other thing before you go, hold on, before you go, we need to talk about this little fishing rod love affair you have too. You Red sure? gut rods. Is that still a thing? Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down in like 10 feet from my rod table right now. I got an ice rod in the dryer. The epoxy's spinning. Um, I got really curious when I was living in Bemidji, I had, uh, the, the husband of my wife's good friend, co-worker, built fishing rods. Uh, shout out to Jeff Corbel and Bemidji. Um, makes phenomenal stuff. Makes phenomenal stuff. And I moved up here, and uh, he made me a couple rods because I was fishing bass tournaments. And uh, uh, the crappies started becoming predominant in my neighborhood. And I wanted to learn how to fish crappies out of a boat. I had never done that. Done it a couple times ice fishing, but not uh, soft water application. Uh, so I decided I was going to build myself a, an ultralight. So I built my first rod in my pole barn with limited tools, a um, little YouTubing. Uh, and I fished with it. It was awesome. It was fun. It was, it was kind of cool to take something that I had, obviously I ordered the components, but I put it together. Uh, I picked the colors that I wanted on the thread, um, type of handle I wanted, real seat, length, you name it, and caught fish with it. I'm like, this is so cool. Um, then my co coworkers got in on it. They're like, hey, I'm looking at getting this. You want to build me one? Hmm. I was like, you pay for the components. I'll build your rod. Sure. And that's how it started. And of course, on the home front, um, it was, well, sure. You can start this hobby. Just don't go into debt. So uh, now I get grief because I don't charge enough for them. But I'm typically... It's just word of mouth. I do have social media pages for them. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and whatever, but um, most of it's word of mouth. And I build a lot of gift, uh, what I'll call gift rods. Mm -hmm. Like someone's looking for something for graduation or the one that's drying right now is a birthday present for a dad. Um, stuff like that. Um, I try to, uh, I don't get into the all the fancy stuff. I mean, I can do it if someone really wants it, but mo most of my stuff is function rather than um, I like people uh, to pick out, you know, kind of get their vision for what they want to do. If someone's building something for somebody or as a gift, you know, we'll put, you know, an inscription on it, um, you know, happy birthday, enjoy your retirement, you know, that type of thing. Um, and maybe... You know, a goofy logo or something that gives them a little connection, something that they're not going to get in the stores. Um, 
I, I build quality stuff. I'll put it up against anything that you can buy. Um, but you're, you're not going to get what I build in a store. Um, just cause, um, I, I can do things that the big rod builders can't do, you know, they can't take an order and put somebody's name on it and metallic pink and fluorescent greens and stuff that, you know, somebody might have a vision for that might be their get, you know, um, or they got a favorite sports team and we'll do it in their colors or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's a hobby. I've taken it probably too far. Um, I have coffee cups and tumblers and hats and keychains and stuff with my logo on it. And it's just for fun. It's, 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 it's for fun. Um, and that's just one more thing I enjoy doing. Well, that'll be our measure of success. I want to see if somebody will listen to this podcast and then order a rod. There you go. If that happens, we'll know we've made it. (laughs) Spring is coming. I cannot wait to see you on duty. I'll be pulling a green boat, green Lund. No way. We'll say rapid Marine on it. It'll a shameless plug. They love you. It'll say rapid Marine. Hopefully the boat Lord willing won't have a big old dent in the front and uh <laughs> we'll have some adventures i am talking uh i'll be passing through obviously we do cabilo as a family a couple times a year so i'll be mm-hmm. seeing you for yep. that we're actually talking there is i can't tell you quite who yet but there is a flyout operation up there that is now offering flyout camping and fishing. Wow. And and that sounds amazing to me. And they've got some pretty quiet lakes. So I am working on that story. And if I can make it happen, I'm going to be doing that. Cool. I'd invite you, but you'll be up chasing smallmouth or sitting in the booth. (laughs) Yeah. um, I won't. It's it's always it's always hard for me um, now that I've established uh, a collection of tackle and rods and, and stuff like that. I'm to the point where I'm up at the cabin and I'm just like, what do I want to chase today? Well, do we need, do we want to have fish for dinner? Okay. We'll go, go, go get fish for dinner. Mm-hmm. Do I want to see if I can't get a picture with a, 48 inch muskie or four pound smallie or all right let's go do that i'll tell you a quick story our our, my good friend that got me that told me about the job yep yeah him and his wife come up uh they're both retired now uh they come up and uh they have an early dinner during the summertime they have they have an early dinner on purpose and then they after dinner they go out and they smallmouth fish and they're they're absolutely nuts about it, absolutely nuts about it. They keep a tally all year long to see who catches the most smallmouth. And the the, the husband drives his sixteen foot tiller, and the wife's up up front. And I have to ask to ask one question: if they back troll or if they forward troll to see if she's front ending him or if he's back ending her. And um, but. They absolutely have the ball, and they're always telling me, "Yep, they caught them. They caught the, I caught this many. She caught that many. It, it, it's becoming a running joke, but or a humorous story at least." But, I love that. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's they're in the, they're in their seventies, late seventies, and they just go out and have a ball, and that's and and I I just every time I hear they're coming back to the dock, I can't wait to hear. It's, it's how much it's how much fun it is up there. So. Um, well, I hope we get to share one of these adventures at some point. If not, please wave at me when I come through and make me feel at ease. Cause like everyone else, I'm always nervous going through the border crossing. I'm not breaking any uh, rules or not trying to, but man, it can be well, nerve wracking. Well, just know what you, 
know what you can bring back and what you can't take into Canada and have your passports and identification ready and life is good. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. We're there, we're there to help you, um, facilitate, uh, especially in the summertime. Uh, we know how important it is for, uh, boats and trucks and, uh, for both sides of the border, uh, for those people coming, coming up to us our way. So we want to facilitate that traffic, um, and still, um, take care of what we need to take care of. Um, it's kind of, it's it's, that's what we do in a nutshell. That's what we do. So appreciate you. I'll see you when the uh, ice melts. Why, why that, why so far away? What you're not ice fishing? The way our wet, maybe you can where you are. As somebody said yesterday, we're riding snowmobiles and you guys are mowing the yard. Yeah. Well, you've gone up there before though. All the time. Coaching youth hockey in Minnesota and free time do not coexist. Are you, are you chasing hockey players or are you coaching? Uh, yes. And yes. Wow. Chase, chase one and coach the other. Well, good for you. I've been doing, I've been doing that for a decade. Awesome. Good Lord. Thanks, Dave. Talk to you soon. All right, Bill. So there you go. That's the story behind the story. Next time you're up there, look for Dave and uh, maybe give them a shout out and a thanks when you pull through. On behalf of all of our sponsors, I would like to thank you for listening today to the Minnesota podcast uh, presented by Connecticut Water. Also, Lakes Gas, our good friends at Star Bank, and the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. I'll see you on the water. And as we say every week, don't forget to introduce a kid to the great outdoors. (laughs) 